Hello, my little zucchini blossoms. It's me, Allison. Welcome to another show. Before the show officially starts, I have a few things to say. The guest on this one is Dave Hill. I'm sure you've heard me talk about him. He is one of my favorite people uh, in the world, on Twitter, on comedy stages, on the guitar. I just think he's great. He was a guest a long time ago, and uh, now he's back, and I think you will enjoy the episode. I have had a crazy day of doing not that much. I've been lying around on the couch, and when I'm not on the couch, I've been walking around, hobbling around, moaning, and holding my legs, because what happened is Daniel said to me, because I'm always trying to be a little more fit. And Daniel was like, look, you know calories, but I know fitness and working out. So let me help you because I ride the exercise bike a lot. But according to Daniel, I'm not building muscle. And if I did, then that would just apparently that boost your metabolism and all this stuff, which I've heard, you know, a thousand times. So I said, fine, Mr. Fitness, I'll let you help. He's staring at me. As I'm saying this, fine, Mr. I did P90X once six years ago. Okay, now he's giving me a dirty look. I love when you don't have a mic and I do. Um, he did P90X more than once. He's done more than P90X. He's done more than P90X, honey. That's what he just told me. I know, I know. Anyway, though, we did some squats and some jump squats and some kumquats and some laterals and some triangles. And all I know is... I was able to pull it off somewhat at the time. However, now I am in so much pain, so much pain. So I think that means I'm set for like a year, right? That's how it works, right? Hello? No. <laughs> Apparently that's not how it works. <clears throat> There's more pain in the future. Anyway, all I'm saying is, wow, I didn't realize how much I wasn't prepared to do that. And uh, now I don't even think I can do the bike today because I'm walking around on noodles, painful noodles. But you know what's not painful? And this is something I want to tell you about, my feet, because I have Bombas socks and I love Bombas socks. And you guys have probably heard me for the last couple of weeks talking about Bombas socks and something has happened, which makes me so excited, which is that a lot of people have told me on Facebook, that's facebook.com slash the Allison Rosen or Twitter that they're going to buy Bombas socks. And when they do, I always write back and I say, let me know what you think of them when they get there. And the chickens have come home to roost because this week, a number of people told me their Bombas arrived and they love them, which makes me feel good because I've been saying, if you get these socks, you will love them. Um, the thing about these socks is they are expertly engineered. So they have all sorts of details that just make them pretty much the best socks you will ever have. They have stay up technology. They have a Y stitched heel. They have Invisito. They have a blister tab. Um, and my favorite thing is they have the honeycomb support system. So there's like extra honeycomb stitching around the arch. And when you first put them on, at least if you're like me, you might be like, I don't know. This feels different than I was expecting. But then within 30 seconds, 45 seconds, that's how fast it was for me. You're like, oh, I love this because it feels like it's hugging my foot. And now when I put on just some average sock without the honeycomb support system, it feels like it feels like there's just not enough. Bombas socks, you have ruined me for all other socks. Let them ruin you too. Um, you guys need to try a pair for yourself. And 
the thing is, another thing is that Bombas doesn't stop with stop with your comfort. With every pair of socks they sell, a pair is donated to someone in need because socks, as it turns out, are the number one requested item at homeless shelters. So get some Bombas socks. You will love with love them. Your feet will love them, and you'll feel good about buying them. Um, and so right now, for a limited time, Bombas is offering you guys, my listeners, 20% off their first order and free shipping. So go to bombas.com slash Allison. That's all lowercase, bombas.com slash Allison all lowercase. Uh, Do it now for 20% off the most comfortable socks on the planet and a pair for someone in need. Go to bombas.com. That's B-O-M-B-A-S.com slash Allison. Remember all lowercase because it has to be all lowercase. That's just why. Go there. Bombas.com. B-O-M-B-A-S.com slash Allison. And then join the sock conversation that we're having on my Facebook page or Twitter. Okay, here is the episode with Dave Hill. Once again, i he's one of my favorite people. I think you'll love him too. And by the way, I'll tell you, the episode is not all sunshine. It's not that much. It might not be very much sunshine at all. And another thing, I know I should wait till after the episode to tell you, but I'm just the kind of person who has to tell you now because it turns out I was right. On the episode, there is a specific tweet that we talk about. I bring up a tweet to Dave Hill, which was one of my favorite tweets, and he doesn't remember having tweeted it. And then that sent me on a long thing of like, oh no, did I misremember? Am I quoting him someone else's tweet? Because that would be quite a faux pas. So then afterwards, I spent more time than I care to admit trying to find this tweet because it's from years ago. And it turns out it was his. So there you go. Here's the episode. I love you. Here we go. Allison Rosen. Allison Rosen is your new best friend. Allison, Allison, with perfect good times never end. Allison Rosen, doing the way we dance again. Allison Rosen, Allison's your new best friend. Hey everyone. Hi. Hello. It is me, Allison Rosen. Welcome to another exciting episode of Allison Rosen is your new best friend. I'm sitting here in dining room studios with one of my favorite people on Twitter and even favorite people in real life, Dave Hill. Hello, Dave Hill. Hello, Allison. It is your return appearance to the show. You were last on in September of 2012 and I did something which I have now taken to doing when I have a person coming back, which is I go back and I listen to the episode the first time because instead of just trusting my memory, which is not trustworthy, I'm like, I'm going to listen to what we said so we don't repeat the exact, so we don't do the same show twice as perfect as it was. And lo, what I found is I really didn't delve into your backstory that much on that show. I don't know what we talked about. I actually do know what we talked about, but it really, really thankfully, I barely interviewed you. So everything is new on this episode. Mayhem. That's right. So um, what brings you to Los Angeles, first of all, because you live in New York. I do live in New York. I came out, it's a very quick jaunt. Um, Just a couple high powered show business meetings. Really? You flew all the way out here for meetings? Yeah, I um, I just wanted to be, you know, in the per- in the room and to, you know, to throw some punches if I needed to. You need to bring the heat. Yeah, yeah, because I, you know, I'm not. I my on the phone. I'm not very good. Even in person, arguably, I'm not very good. But where figured, do you really excel? Where's your arena? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I'll find. I'm gonna find it. I have some time. Can I suggest it's Twitter? Maybe, but you know, even that's like. 
it's it's an acquired taste, you know. There's well, yeah, you're people, not for everyone. <laughs> no, but maybe that's my lot in life, you know. Do you think it actually is? I go back and forth, you know. As to thinking that you're mm-hmm. mainstream versus an acquired taste. Like, if you were mustard, what kind of mustard would you be? Mm. Um, I guess I would say a spicy mustard with, like, you'd be like, on the one hand, you're like, that's kind of like stadium ballpark mustard. Everyone likes that. Sure. And then you're like, oh, it's a little spicy. And then there's those little nugget. what are those, seeds, mustard seeds mm-hmm. in there? That's, that's okay. Uh, <laughs> you're like a country style. Yeah, oh, are you yeah. Like a, you, I was going to say, are you like a mustard that comes in one of those jars? Like a fancy French mustard. But I don't think, Prob- so. if you're stadium you know, mustard, no. Maybe it's a jar, but it's still a plastic jar. You know, right? Like, a little fancy, but then upon closer inspection, you're like, oh, this is a mustard of the people. <laughs> Which, like me, you know, sometimes people think that I'm not a man of the people, but I, you know, I'm it- some guy from Cleveland. Is it because of the way you dress? Now, today you're dressed like a regular human being. Very much so. Sometimes you're a little more... Yeah, elegant. Dandyish. Elegant yeah, you know, is a better suits word. and things. But, um... But like vintage suits. Not, no, not really. Velvet. That's an illusion. Really? Uh, it's just classic is what you're picking up on. That is what I actually I'm don't... Up. I only have a couple vintage suits, really. Well... But, um... But, you hold. know... Just one second, Mr. Mustard. Yeah. You have a couple of... <laughs> I like how it went, that's not my... That's who you are. I'll take it. I like that. That's you took nickname. umbrage with my saying you wear vintage suits and... No, I did not umbrage, but... It felt a little... I to correct you. It was a little umbrage. Um, I wish I could wear a vintage. I'm too, I'm too fat, too big. Please. Too large man. Please, body dysmorphia. I do. I, I As do I. Um... But what I was going to say is you maybe not took umbrage, but you corrected me on the vintage suits is not correct. And by way of expl- of explaining and setting me straight, it's that you only have two vintage suits. Right. Hold, please. Jeff, how yes. many vintage suits do you have? Well, I actually have two now. Did Did you just sell your suits to him? No. But, okay, I see. No, I just bought one this weekend, which makes Is this two. true? That I have two? It did, you really did this this weekend? Yeah, yeah. Wow. I've turned to the one human being that's the wrong human being to ask. Unless I'm wrong and every man has vintage suits. No, no, you're right. I mean, now that I hear it the way that you're saying it, now I'm like, oh, okay. Because two, because a lot of guys only have like one or two suits. Mm-hmm. But statistically, I don't have a lot of vintage suits compared to what I have. Because you have a lot of suits? I do. I have acquired a lot over the years. Sorry to poop on your point. Oh, no, it's okay. Five days ago, and I would have been on your side. Yeah. Now I've, it's a different story. Yeah. But the, re- the reason <laughs> I was one like... Of them. <laughs> I know. I'm, I'm outnumbered. The reason I was saying it that way is because like, I'm not... Uh, I would, if I were like, you know, a smaller man, like mm-hmm. uh, I could probably find a ton of vintage suits I like, but I, I think I'm just like... Because in, in olden times, people were smaller. They were. But I just I just buy suits that uh, all by way of saying you don't have to scour the <laughs> the vintage shops. You can buy uh, I don't know. This is a whole other thing. But um, with with suits, you know, and and this is I don't know. This could be a whole suit based. I could just ramble. On. I haven't even said one complete sentence yet because I'm so like my head's exploding with suit with things just to say, things yeah. to say about it. But like. 
there's a lot of nice suits out there to be had. And, mm-hmm. like, you know, I'm just saying it's within reach of everybody. Anyone can have a nice suit in 2015. They don't have to go to a thrift shop or... No, you can go to H&M. I mean, I don't, but you could. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, how, do, how do you feel about Topshop? I like it. I have, a t- I have a shirt from there. All right. Yeah. I, went- I think anywhere you get something and if you like it and it makes you feel good, then that's a good place to get something, you know? I think that's a good rule of thumb. I went into Topshop to buy my husband. I don't know if it was like I was shopping for him for his birthday or for Christmas and I walked in and I... I'm not a person who is up on fashion. I just, the whole thing, I don't... See, you love fashion. That's my I sense. I don't, though. Really? You look... For someone who doesn't love fashion, you really do yourself up well. But it's very... It's actually very... Thank you. You're welcome. But it's very simple. I just have, like, a few things I like, and that's all... Anything I'm wearing is always, like, one of a few different right. designers. <laughs> you know? Like you I know the designers who work for you. The ones that work, work tirelessly for me. No, I just I just know what I like, and that's that's what I wear. And I don't really stray too far from those four or five things. Well, when I went into Topshop, I was like, I feel like I'm wandering into a scene, and I don't know what scene this is. Affordable. Uh, elegance. No, that's not. That was <laughs> no. not the feel. It was like half shirts in Miami. Oh, maybe I don't know. Maybe to, that was what was to be honest, in that season. I've only been to, I've been to the top shop, and I may have only just walked by it, the top shop in London. Oh, well, I feel like the top shop in London is probably different. Yeah, it's I more don't know. authentic or um, something. And the top shop shirt I had, I did not get at Top Shop. I bought it at some store in Austin. This is very just disappointing. breaking it down. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'll, t- I'll let me let you know some other secrets. Okay. I almost never, me. I almost never pay more than fifty percent for clothes ever. Now, is that what they're marked off to, or you make them an offer? No, they're marked <laughs> off to that. I buy. I'm a smart shopper. You know, I just like I figure out what I like, and you know, all the designers have sales twice a year. Right after the holidays, mm-hmm. and then again in the summer, and that's when you buy your clothes. Well, see, you've lived in New York for a while, and you've managed to thrive and flourish. So yeah. you have to be crafty <laughs> getting by on your you wits. You do, yeah, yeah. Scrappy. Right. Yeah. And you've recently added a dog to mm-hmm. your family, little Joe Franklin. She's little a girl. Franklin. Yep. And I actually call her Lucy. Okay. Um, but little Joe Franklin is her. Is that her stage her. name? Well, I was all set to because do you you know who Joe Franklin is, right? Yes. Okay, because some some people. Well, for the listener, tell them because maybe they don't. Little, know. Well, you should do your. They, they should when they get a chance. Look up, you know, Google him, go on YouTube and stuff. But he is like sort of the actually the originator of the TV talk show, and he died. But he had, he had a regional talk show. In New York, it was on in New York and New Jersey only, I think. But then it was like you, I got it on cable growing up, so that's mm-hmm. how I knew about him. And then Billy Crystal uh, impersonated him on SNL, and then, but he he was an awesome guy, and he just he died maybe within the last two months. And uh, I was I was I don't want to say I in my mind I was good friends with him, but I feel like he had a lot of. There were a lot of people that thought they were good. I mean, he knew a lot of people, but that was sort of a, a testament to what a wonderful guy he was. He just he made you feel like, oh, we're really good friends. Mm-hmm. But I'm, you know, I would go see him 
in his crazy oh he's in the aristocrats if if whoever saw that like uh would remember him from that and he's in this was in this crazy office it's literally just stuff piled up like a hoarder yeah like the craziest like it's all like eight by tens and old vhs tapes and like he's in the middle of this sea of crap and (laughs) and i mean some of it's pretty cool crap but a lot of it's just crap i think probably and he would be there with like two phones two different phone numbers like old school show business like hello joe franklin and then the (laughs) other phone would ring like hello and you'd go in there and when i moved to new york um in 2003, I was like, I, I'm in, I live in New York. I should be friends with Joe Franklin. <laughs> and his number was listed, so I just called him. And that's wow. how I became. And he was like, come on, yeah, come on by. What did, how did you describe who you were to him in 2003? I, I was just, I was like, you know, I'm a fan. Of, I just basically said, I told him. I was like, you know, I used to watch you on cable growing up. And I was just getting started, like, writing in comedy. I wasn't really performing yet and then when i started doing stuff with video like i shot a few things with him and when i started performing like live comedy i would bring him to shows sometimes like a rafifi and stuff and we would do stuff you know this would have been eight or nine years ago but um and i would just i would call him like because you you would call his office and he'd be like yeah oh dave yeah, listen, Dave, can you do me a favor? Can you can you call back? In my mind, this sounds like a good impression, but I'm sure it sounds not. No, it's like you're confident. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he'd be like, Dave, can you do me a favor? Can you call back Thursday at 1230? <laughs> do you promise, Dave, do, do, do you cross your heart? Dave, give me your phone number again. I, I have it, but I want to make sure I have it close to me. So I, I might need to call you on short notice. And then, uh, so you're like, all right, yeah, I'll call you, you know, call you back Thursday. And you call him back Thursday. Dave, listen, there's a big thing I'm working on. I would love for you to be a part of it. Can you call me Monday at noon? <laughs> so it's, it's just constantly just kind of like rolling the call <laughs> forever. And like that's, that's the extent of your phone conversations with him. And that's what he did with everybody or most people, I think. And uh, But the thing was like, I would call him and I would hang out the phone and I'd be like, oh, I'm in a better mood now than I was before I called Joe Franklin. So I would call him back every time. So uh-huh. I am talking to him like once a week for years and then I would pop in. and But like at my lowest points, you know, um, before the fame and fortune, right? In, <laughs> I would yeah. just be like, you know, just living out in Brooklyn, just like, oh. I don't know. I don't know how this New York thing's going to work out. I would call Joe Franklin and I'd be like, I, I can go another week. <laughs> he was like, he was an inspiration. So anyway, so I got my dog right around when he died, like me with the same week. And so I started calling her little Joe Franklin. But then I was like, well, that's a bit of a mouthful <laughs> for both of us. And then I thought, well, I don't want to call her Joe because that sounds too much like no. And then oh, I won't be able yeah. to yell at her. So I was like, uh, on my radio show, I had listeners call in and suggest names, and someone suggests calling her Danzig, because everyone knows I love Danzig. And uh, and I was like, well, that's not a bad idea. And then my <laughs> friend Walter called in, and he said... Walter Schreifels? Walter Schreifels, yes. And he called in, and he was like, call her Lucifuge, which is the 
name of the second Danzig album because he's like, that's a bit more, you know, Danzig's too on the nose for a Danzig <laughs> fan. So I was like, well, Lucifuge, yeah, and I can just call her Lucy. So that's what I did. What a roundabout way yeah. to come down, come back to a fairly conventional name. I know, I know. It's but a I long know way I like to go though. for like <laughs> probably the second or third name I would have thought of if I weren't trying so hard. Now, what I would like to know when I look at the pictures of her on Instagram and everyone should follow you, are you just... Are you Mr. Dave Hill on Instagram? Yeah, same as Twitter. MR Everyone should follow you because the pictures are so cute and you're so funny. But I look at her and I'm like, that is an adorable dog that is going to be a big dog. Yeah. How are you doing that in New York? Well, I kind of lied to myself. I, I didn't. I was like, well, because they just tell you like. Well, I got the first back. Do you know Holly Dorita? Do you remember Holly? She used to go to uh-huh. a lot of comedy shows and she runs this great rescue like foster adoption program called waggy tail rescue Mm -hmm. and you know they do this one of you know they save a lot of dogs from you know what happens to dogs being sent to the farm right (laughs) i use air quotes i know for the listener but um but like usually and i'm horrible like she usually you know she's like oh we have this one-eyed three-legged dog we got chihuahua we got in a dumpster like do you want that i'm like no not really like had you been looking for a dog for a while um i kind of thought like i wanted one i my i still and i lucy's great don't get me wrong you're still unsure i'm i still would really like to get a newfoundland at some point in my life it's like one of my few life goals Mm -hmm. i've ever had is to get a newfoundland but i have this one hallway in my apartment that i felt like would not be easy for a a huge Newfoundland to navigate. So I was like, I can't do that. And then, so she has like these dogs, the dogs are on the website and it's like previews. Like this dog is coming in like on this date. Cause you know, they have to be like two months old before they can be adopted give, out, given right. to some stranger. <laughs> and uh, so, so I was like looking all the time, like late at night, like porn, like, mm-hmm. no, I know, this, that. Like, I know that one. Well, yeah. And, uh, and I'm like, oh, maybe this one, maybe that one. And then Lucy was like part of, there was like three dogs in this litter. And she's a boxer mix. And the other ones, the photos were much cuter. And I was like, I want one of, the, one of these two. And the, she's like, oh, this other one's the cutest one. Hmm. And it was, the picture was horrible. Like I thought like that dog looks, looks hideous. <laughs> and I, th- but she's like, no, that's the cutest one. Trust me. And Had I thought. Had she met them? Or does I don't she know just have an eye knew. for this? I don't know. Maybe she met them, but somehow she's like, no, no, that's the good one. Trust me. And I thought, well, she's friends and she's with me and like probably like so subtly being like, Dave, do me a favor and take this hideous dog that no one's going to want. <laughs> and I was like, well, she's either telling the truth and it is adorable or it's a hideous dog that I'm sure I'll love mm-hmm. just the same anyway. So I'm like, all right, give me that piece of crap. <laughs> and, uh, and then the dog got there. And uh, she was, ended up being adorable. Mm-hmm. And um, I can't even, you know, and, and I'm, I'm trying to keep like reasonable appreciation for her, but I can't, it's hard to really document her adorableness because they don't hold still, you know? Mm-hmm. She's and pretty cute in the photo. She's really cute, but it like, she's, you know, she's part, bo- I don't know. Th- so she has like a cute, like snub nose. Which is key to cuteness. I just saw your dog, and she mm-hmm. she, she has that. Too. That's key. When you have those like long German Shepherd mix, don't get me wrong, it's a fine dog. Right, but they're statuesque, not, as cute. not yeah, sweet. It's not, yeah. So sometimes you get the wrong angle on Lucy, and she looks like 
more like German Shepherdy, and I'll delete. I can't post that. Right. Well, it's can't like, make yeah. people think you look like that. Mm-mm. No, it's like a fat shot of her. Yeah, yeah. So, but she is she is really cute. And um, but I yeah, I was like, well, maybe the mix, like boxer mix. I'm like, maybe it's part like Beagle or something. You like, mean small ish? Yeah, I was hoping like it was something small, but she's getting like you come back like two hours later and you're like holy shit she's like (laughs) way bigger than she was when i left the house and uh so i think she's gonna be like yeah like still medium size but pretty big and like spaz and i'm gonna have to i'm gonna i'm gonna have to put her to sleep i think (laughs) (laughs) but do you have a big place do you live in are you in manhattan or brooklyn i'm in manhattan i have a pretty big place um it's a sprawling, no, it's a two-bedroom with a, a party deck for partying. Nice. But I don't know, you really, for her purposes, I really have uh, a living room and a kitchen because I try not to let her, she comes into the bedroom at night for nighty time. <laughs> but um, <laughs> Does she sleep with you? No. Sometimes, sometimes like I'll have her sleep for a little bit but i don't want to i don't want to have that be the thing so sometimes oh, you're trying to save a space for the ladies yeah i got some ladies got to get it put to them you know and i can't <laughs> be like well we gotta work around lucy um but uh so sometimes like if she's cr- like five in the morning it's like well i could have a hard line about this and say you can't come in the bed or i could get some sleep and let you come into bed so i do sometimes where does she sleep just not, oh, she sleeps in a cage normally oh in a cage a crate yeah a crate i guess crate is like the way. nice term of saying but we cage. know we yeah we, we do. know it's a, they don't know no but it's it's a cage and i just had to get i had a cage maybe like that size and then i just had a um i'm pointing to, to, to wendy's your, crate yeah wendy's crate and uh, I just, I just had to get like a big. I have a huge beast in my mind. for the future beast. She will be. I f- she's gonna be like sixty pounds, right? I think so. Yeah, it's a horrible mistake. It seems like a terrible idea. It's yeah, it's gonna be, uh, and it's exhausting. Do you mm-hmm. find it? Yes. Well, I do. I find it exhausting. And Wendy is like fifteen pounds. So when I look at your Instagram, I think, Wow, how are you doing that? It's nuts. It's it's. I don't know. And I, it's really thrown. I it's actually been except for the, like last week when I've been kind of sleep deprived. I know, and uh, but it's it made my anxiety go down. And, oh, and really? I've had like That's fewer good. existential crises. Usually, I have like anxiety and existential crises, and I just need to go lie down for twenty minutes to continue with life mm-hmm. moments like every day. But since she's been around, I have, that hasn't happened because I'm like have to do get my shit done and then and then deal with that fucker she's basically. like your punky brewster basically to your henry warnemouth you can't stay mad at her though mm-hmm. yeah exactly now let's talk about the existential crisis yeah. that you need to lay down for that you have multiple times a day right i thought those kind of feelings were just part of being alive they are that's what sure. i think however i there's a lot of people who are like no you just need to they don't say this to me one person has said it to me. Not a therapist, though. Just someone I'm married to. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> this guy that I'm married to. Yes. <laughs> Not a therapist, I'll point out. Right. No therapist has ever suggested 
uh, antidepressants to me, but just someone who knows me really well. It's like, maybe you just need to get on something. Like, this is a new way of thinking to me, which I'm not, and I'm not on board yet with it mm-hmm. uh, at all, especially since I'm trying to get pregnant and I feel like it's the way to get pregnant is to allow yourself to be really depressed because that's what helps, right? Right, um, yeah. No, but... I've lost my train of thought. I think what I was trying to say is this new, it's this new way of thinking that perhaps all the existential crises and just sort of the malaise and ennui that comes with being a sentient human being, is that not what it means to be alive? Is that actually a sign that we need to be on some kind of medication because uh, we run a little depressed? I mean, I think there's a lot of ways to to feel better you know getting a puppy whatever like but i you know i i think there's yeah yeah, i don't think everyone should be on medication i think most people shouldn't be Mm -hmm. on medication that said i'm on medication but but you're still having the existential crises yeah but i'm a mess you know what do you take uh i take prozac um and uh but i've been on and off stuff for a long time and um but I will say the best thing, hands down, for me is running, mm-hmm. um, which is horrible. For your knees? It's just a horrible, or a horrible thing to do. not fun, nothing good about it at all. And I haven't done it in the last few weeks because it's been freezing and I have a dog, <laughs> which I'm sleepy, you know, because I'm sleepy all the time. But that makes me feel good and, like, be like, oh, like, everything's fine Mm -hmm. but um i don't know but i think being you know in the arts show business whatever you want to call it is i think whenever you're uh i don't know everyone's got it you know it's stressful i think it it, yeah but i'm not interviewing everyone i'm interviewing you so give yourself permission yeah i don't know i i think you know uh, maybe if i could take my own advice because i know when i when when i tell other people what to do or what what they should think you know, which people love. Um, I I found like, oh, that actually makes sense. I should listen to that. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes I do. I think most of the times I do. But but then there's little windows where you're like, weren't things supposed to be different? Um, or you know, I don't know. I think about it. It's like you know, even when I talk about the the simpler times when I wanted to hang myself in Brooklyn. <laughs> You know, and I was calling Joe Franklin every week to now when, you know, my situation's pretty different. Um, I think uh, I'm the same, really. Like, I kind of enjoy, do have fun. And it's like, you know, and I was thinking, well, if I just had a little more money mm-hmm. and stuff. I mean, that, I mean, I'm not saying money. I think money is great. And anyone that says, like, money is not important. Like, because when, when, when you have money, like, you don't have to worry about your bills, really you can like relax a l- way more. Yeah. But that said, there's been times when I would be like, Oh, I have a hundred bucks. I'm fine. Uh, no worries. And then now like I, there's no amount now. Cause I'll, I think unless someone's like, Dave, you'll be fine no matter what happens. Then I would maybe like, okay. But like basically my stress levels is all by way of saying my stress level is kind of the same has always been the same. So, which makes me think the problem mm-hmm. is with me, Dave. Oh, you're looking not, at you starting with the man in the mirror. Yeah, the problem is not, you know, what what am I doing? What well, how much money am I making or whatever. It's 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 a frame of mind. Yeah. That is a liberating and also somewhat depressing realization when mm-hmm. you get to that point, that realization that like 
perhaps no matter what my circumstances are, I'm generally going to feel the same. Well, but you can you can change it, you know, by by getting a really nice suit that you like, <laughs> <laughs> or a puppy. Yeah, or a puppy or whatever. I mean, that you know, I, I, who was I talking? Uh, well, because so, I was talking about depression and things like that. Not that we're necessarily talking about depression. Fully, we kind of are. We're circling around it, a right? Bit. But um, but but the reason I like clothes, you know, is like not because I care what other people think I look like, but like. I just like when I put on something I like, I'm like kind of got a little more skiff in my step, you know, than if I am walking around in like track pants, which mm-hmm. I wish I do plenty of the time. But um, yeah, that's how I feel when I find a new item of clothing that I like. So I really should open myself up to that process more. But to go back to what you were saying before, and I don't know if you were serious or joking about how you feel about your body. The thing is. To get to the point where I have new clothes involves shopping, which I usually find to be like the way most people feel going swimsuit shopping is how I feel going anything shopping. Like I just I don't I think it's because I was overweight for so much of my formative years, actually all of my formative years. And I just I just I am brutal on myself. Those mirrors are the whole process of buying clothes and shopping and trying them on is one that unless I happen to try something on and right away I like it, which that happens yeah. sometimes. But for the most part, it's always this like, it's like being in a hall of mirrors kind of thing. And yeah. there's always a salesperson who's like, that is way too big on you. Oh, you, you know, and which actually is weirdly, it's almost a compliment. Like I always pull clothes that are too big and then I put them on because I like to be swimming. And st- I mean, it's like a whole body dysmorphia hell that I go through. Yeah. The whole thing is enough to make me not want to shop. But are like, you? Well, yeah. Like, well, first of all, on shopping, I feel like, God, I, I can't, I'm, uh, I really should have been born gay because I feel like I You're have not? so much to say about all this stuff. Kidding. I don't know. That's such a stereotype, but, 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 but like... I don't know. Like, if you were talking about football, I would be like, I don't got nothing. But, uh, but shopping, don't get me started. Well, first of all, I think you have to buy. If you don't buy something in the first half hour, you're done. Mm-hmm. You can't just keep battling. Just like right. it has to be fast, maybe even 20 minutes. I also recommend shopping drunk or oh. to have a couple drinks before you go shopping. Then you're, then you're just like psh, pulling the trigger. Mm-hmm. Also, I, with clothes, like, there's no such thing. Like, you can't look great and feel great. Like if you feel like, oh, then it probably looks pretty good. Like, okay, eh, so you mean don't try for, don't seek comfort. No, they're 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 counterintuitive. Okay, this is like, good to know. Yeah, like you can't if yeah you can't look great in an outfit and be comfortable. It doesn't right. work. Right. Like because then it's if it's comfortable, it's doubly not, so for bras. It's not tight enough. Mm-hmm. If it's comfortable, it's not tight enough. Yes, that's a battle I often have because I'm like. If I'm a shirt or a jacket or whatever, I'm like the one that I feel comfortable in does not look good as good as the one that's a size smaller. Like right. I'm, I'm very aware that the size, the smaller size, looks better, but I don't feel good in it. Yeah, but you know the pictures. That's what's going to tell the story. No one's going to be like, "Oh, she felt good that day," but they look back and they're yeah. like, "She looked great." I know. Uh, and then you, then you see and you don't remember. Like, oh, I was really uncomfortable. You're like, I, I looked great. Mm-hmm. But then, um, what was my other thought on that? Oh yeah, but then in general, like buying clothes, I the body is morphe thing. I'm I everything I own, I I'm like, well, that would look great on somebody, <laughs> like not on me, like. But I'm like, well, 
I gotta wear something. But everything I wear, I'm like, oh, some like good looking guy would probably look good in the suit. I don't look good in this or whatever. But like, what else, what am I gonna do? I'm not gonna wear like sweatpants. Mm-hmm. You're not gonna succumb. No, it's good. So let's find out who is Dave Hill. Right. But you know what I should have mentioned at the beginning? Mm-hmm. So for anyone just tuning into this podcast now, <laughs> I like to reset in the middle of a podcast. Yeah. Dave Hill, comedian, writer, host of the goddamn Dave Hill show on WFMU, mm-hmm. and former or current, I don't know, host of the Dave Hill Incident podcast. You're not doing uh, that anymore, are you? I mean, I haven't... Where does the time go? I never like <laughs> killed it, but I haven't done it in, in a almost year. a year. Yeah. yeah. So let's focus on goddamn Dave. But Hill I, show. I keep thinking like, oh, yeah, I'm gonna crank one of those out. But I, I, so I, I will. I just mm-hmm. not sure when. So how long have you been doing your radio show? Oh gosh, I thought my thing was off. Sorry. That's okay. Um, uh, it, about a year. And is it every m- every, Monday? every Monday? Yeah, it was on Tuesdays, but I switched it to Mondays. How come? Because it was like the the spot was open, and I'm for whatever reason like. The show's from nine to midnight, and by the time you, you know you finish and you're you're like ready to go to sleep, it's like two or three in the morning. You know whether you know whether you went out for a drink after. Or I don't know why I keep saying you, but I'm talking about me. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just like exhausted the next day, and I just found like if I did it on Monday, it kind of makes my week go a little better because right. then. Then, uh, like, to wake up on a Wednesday and just be like, Ugh. then you're rolling into Thursday and you're like, well, the weekend's almost here. Might as well, might as well give up. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just kind of better. And I think, I think more people hear it now. It's like, just uh, it seems like there's more people. I don't know. Just going by the chat room, it's a little busier on Monday. Mm-hmm. So that maybe means that more people are listening. And explain the format of the show. I'm still trying to figure that out. My, I'm not very good at format. Uh, in general but um it's me and i i play like maybe half hour to 45 minutes of music out of the three hours and um and then you know just kind of sprinkled in when i need to go to the bathroom and things and then i have some guest or another on and then at the end the last like half hour i have like a, a band usually play like stripped down style and Billy Nord. Do you know Billy? Billy Nord? I do not, but I know that name, I think. He's a he's a fine man. And he uh he helps he, you know, produces a show and helps find uh guests and things like that. So we kind of both book it and um he's really good at booking and gets great guests. And I I mean I get some great ones, but I'm like really uh bad about it. Mine's mostly like I just run into you, I'm like, Oh, you should come on the show. <laughs> And then we figure out a date, and I forget to write it down. And then three people email me the morning of the show, like, looking forward to the show tonight. <laughs> like, oh, I screwed up. But no, um, speaking of which, if you're back in New York, I would you have love to come to. on it. I would love to. Do you, Are you coming back at all? I don't have anything. Oh, I might be there in June, May in the May-June Well, if you come you, you, and you're there on a Monday. I would love bam. to. Consider um, it done. Yeah, I would love it. And um, so, yeah, the show is just people, you know, we chat about whatnot. And I'm, I've been slowly coming up with segments that I like to do. You say segments like it's some kind of dirty word. I um, love segments. I love segments, too. But it's like, I guess I'm like, well, 
just trying to think of things to um that people want to hear yeah or that i wanted to hear yeah. or want to do you know i don't know I, they're a pretty basic one i like reading answering mail <laughs> And then uh, I started the crime blotter, which is I just read the crime blotter, police blotter from I switched it to crime blotter to give him a severity. Yeah. But it's really just um, I'm from Cleveland and the suburbs of Cleveland all have like, you know, any suburb like, you know, they write up every like sort of incident and it's all just like a man found two beer cans (laughs) on the side of his house like. He didn't have beer. Where'd these beer cans from? <laughs> you know, it's like capers mm-hmm. that are happening. So it's a look at... Sounds like a real slice of life. Segment. Yeah, the lesser crimes in America that happen to have taken place in northeastern Ohio. Because then they're more uh, gripping to me. Mm-hmm. I wanted to actually make them about Jersey City, where WFMU is. But I that, that crime blotter is genuinely... Uh, crime. There's a lot of crime. There's like... You know, people getting shot in the face, which is not as funny. I mean, it's funny in its own it's way. Gripping. Yeah, but uh, but it's it's not as you know, it's not as light. Mm-hmm. And I I've, I find um, mostly it seems like people listen to the show to escape reality rather than confront reality, which I found especially in the night of the the Ferguson uh, the announcement of the mm-hmm. you know the, the thing whatever that thing was that happened there. No, um, you know, it's like, because it was during my show, and I was like, do I mention what's going mm-hmm. on here? And so I was like, well, I, I started to talk about it a little bit, and then right away the people in the chat room, and they're like, yeah, yeah, we all know, and we're going to be dealing with this nonstop, like, and no one's listening to your show right now to hear you talk about this. Like, we're listening to you, someone will not talk about it. So I was like, okay. Now, do you think that is a reflection of the time you do your show, or you? Do they not want news from you or they don't want news on Monday night? Mm, that's a good question. I mean, I think people can handle me being serious. Um, I don't think I would be like, well, for hard news, Dave Hill, that's your guy. <laughs> but, you know, not to like compliment myself or whatever. But, um, you know, when Robin Williams died, that ended up being like we were talking about stuff and, we, you know, kind of going down the path of things we were just talking about. Uh, depression and things like that Um, because I have a whole you know uh, well you know a lot of a lot of personal experience or whatever Mm -hmm. so that that ended up being like pretty serious stuff and people calling in and things and that ended up being I think people I mean I know people appreciate that because people still email me about it and things like that so I guess that'd be an example of when it wasn't just silliness Um, but I think there's a really a, a big appetite for honest, compassionate discussions of depression and just feeling not 100%, which I think is how most human beings, again, my feeling is that is how most human, that is what it is to be alive, but we're presented with these like smiley clowns all over the place and everyone's like, oh, and I don't, clowns is the wrong word because I think as comedians, we're we're all kind of clowns and I don't even know if I put myself in that comedian category or not, but what I'm saying is, thank you, um, but I think we all hold our we hold ourselves up against this unattainable image of how you know oh that must be how everyone else is and I don't I just don't think that there's anyone who's like that no no I mean but it's like 
I guess I I think the thing is like yeah you're totally right like life is is hard and like it's really hard to be to feel good and be happy and stuff all the time so with that being the reality then to pile on like other like next level unhappiness mm-hmm. and depression and anxiety yeah. that's like not helping in a world where things are already hard enough that's the kind of stuff where I think is worth addressing like like oh like you have this next level um you know depression or right. whatever um I mean because I find like this stuff that's just like kind of like regular life stuff is actually like I think having experienced you know real like sort of what I guess would be called clinical depression or whatever then to have like kind of like basic like life suckiness feelings mm-hmm. is uh refreshing like, you're like oh that's okay. <laughs> that's a good mood actually yeah, it's nice to like give it you know yeah so i think really it's just about that like getting people to the point where they can just appreciate life for the sucky thing that it is <laughs> not for the art, fake the illusion of suckiness <laughs> right. on top of that when did you uh first experience depression mm, i think probably like where i was really like oh this is something uh, more than you know I think when I was like early 20s mm-hmm. um, uh, was when I was sort of like oh something is really wrong <laughs> and then uh, you know and then there's like all the history of it in my family and stuff like that but um, I don't know but were there specific things that brought it on do you think or do you think it was hereditary yeah, I think, you know, I think it's a bit hereditary. Um, and then just like, you know, stuff that I was like, you know, 23, 24, like playing in a band and just, uh, you know, doing what guys, young guys in band, just drinking nonstop and like taking pills and things like that. And like, so I think I kind of like kickstarted, you know. Mm-hmm. Things, I was doing like things I shouldn't have done, and um, so it didn't help matters. Because certainly, like you have to take you have to take care of yourself. You do, um, you know. And it's still like now, like I'll have you know I, I'll go through periods where sometimes where I'll just have like a rough patch, and I'll be like, wait, what's been going on in my life? And I'm like, oh yeah, I was just on tour for two weeks, and I wasted every night, and I forgot to take my medicines, my pill, <laughs> and I haven't slept more than four hours a night in two weeks. And it's like, oh, well, yeah, of course I feel like shit, not thinking clearly, you know? So, yeah, you have to take care of yourself and, you know, but even as an adult, I'm still like, oh, I'm acting like an idiot and not taking care of myself. When I, so I used to play in a band and when we briefly toured, I remembered thinking, I don't know how anyone does this in a healthy fashion. And you travel all the time because you're always posting photos where you're in other countries or yeah, on some kind of boat. Glamorous. Yeah, you're a real <laughs> jet setter. You'll well, spend like two months in England or Amsterdam. Um, well, I try to just kind of try to keep moving, but um, <laughs> um, but no, but now I don't. Now, now I really like rein it in on my behavior. I don't. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't really go too crazy. Is it less fun now? No. I just like can't do it anymore. Yeah, I can't swing for the fences. Like I'm going in like a few weeks. I go to Norway. I'm doing stand up in Norway and then in England. So I think it's like 
10 shows total or something. But like when even thinking about it, I'm like, oh, I feel like kind of exhausted already <laughs> thinking about doing that. But you just have to go and, you know, have to t- slow it down a little bit. Mm. Have you performed in Norway before? I have once before. What are the audiences like? Um, they're they're interesting and like um, Scandinavia is uh, they're weird. I mean, like they're great. I love Scandinavia. It's like the best. I mean, Norway especially is just the way they run that country is they just kick the shit out of America basically. Like just their social services. Like it's really hard to be homeless in Norway and just like you know they're even anything you look at like the prison system is is like people in from other countries in Europe like go to Norway to commit crimes just to be <laughs> like I'm going to be in a nor- nice Norwegian prison uh-huh. for a year until I figure out my next move <laughs> you know and, but they you know and people criticize it you know they're like oh they're not harsh enough to their criminals but they have like the lowest rate I think I hope if I'm getting this word right recidivism mm, where correct okay that word they have the lowest rate of recidivism I think in the world you know the the biggest I think the the maximum sentence is like 14 years for anything so you can like st- stab some you there I mean I can you murder someone you're out in 14 years the, wow. which is why they don't know what to do with this that nut the serial killer guy because oh like, right old, no we haven't had a tackle that before <laughs> but um anyway but th- it's but going back to the audiences um they're they're uh they're good but they're they're like um more reserved than even like england or something in fact like i went the first show i did and i was really looking forward to going to norway because i'm sort of fascinated with a lot of things about the country and so i thought like oh, it'd be cool to have this be a place I can go every few years or something. And uh, I, the first show I did there, I was like, like jokes that I'm like, oh, this joke will always do at least this well. Like I can say this and people are going to laugh. And like everything was just kind of like, huh. Like you know, <laughs> it just felt, at least to my ears, it just felt like it wasn't going that well. Mm-hmm. And uh, after the show, you know, no one was, really, the comedians weren't really saying anything to me. So I was like, oh, I guess it doesn't work. I just, it's not working for me here. And then this is in Bergen. And then so the next morning I flew to Oslo and like the guy who drove me to the airport's like, oh, I heard last night was great. <laughs> and I was like, I just thought he was just being nice, trying to figure something to say before he gets me out of his car. And um, when I get to Oslo and the guy's like, oh, I heard last night was great. And I'm like, no, come on. It was horrible. And he's like, no, there's a review of it. On the like national, like the equivalent of the like, Norwegian B NRK, NRK, like their BBC, like mm-hmm. there was a review on the, their national radio website of the show, and he's like reading it to me, and it was like this glowing review, which is nice, uh, but I was like, this doesn't even sound like the show I was at. <laughs> like this is crazy, and they're like, well, like Norwegians, that's kind of the deal, and then there's, and it's fascinating. There's all this other stuff like. There's this thing called Yanta, like J-A-N-T-E in Scandinavian cultures. Like it's mm-hmm. from this book, A Fugitive. I can't remember what the book is. Fugitive covers his tracks or something. And it's the law of Yanta. And it's about this fictional town in the book. And basically it's all about 
you know, tall poppy syndrome where you like cut the tall poppy so it doesn't stand out from the crowd. I don't know about this. Well, syndrome. it's like, you know, it's like kind of like, like, hey, don't look special. <clears throat> You're done. Mm-hmm. So this this whole thing, like with people there, it's like not about like individualism and like shining and mm-hmm. things like that. So like, um, so like people like in the audience, you know, will be like clap and like say nice things to you after the show, but like other comedians don't do a lot of that. Like you or you, your peers, you don't. You just kind of are nice to each other, but you're not like, oh my gosh, right? So like, I was in the first place I was in Scandinavia was Copenhagen. And I did this show, and it was the first show I'd ever done in Scandinavia, and like it was going well. But then off the off the stage, there's a green room, and I could they they have a monitor, and all the comedians are watching, so you can hear the comedians laughing at your set on the monitor. So I was so happy because I was like, oh, this is so nice, like the. Danish comedians like my set like you know I was happy the crowd was laughing but I was like oh it's cool these guys like mm-hmm. it like I was and then so I was like oh I figured I'd walk off stage and they'd be like hey good set and none of them said a word like not even like hey, you know not even like you know you just go like bullshit to someone like right. hey, good set even if you didn't think about it. none of that I was like and so the guy was taking me around I was like why I'm like I feel like you know that went pretty well like and I could hear them laughing but when I got off stage, like none of them said anything to me. And he's like, oh, that's Denmark. I'm like, what do you mean? And he's explained this La Vienta thing. Mm-hmm. And he's like, "You, they would never like tell you that you did a good job. Like you don't do that in, in Denmark. Like it's all about like we're all on the same. Right. Like there's no, no one standing out. So I don't know how I feel about that. It's weird. It's the weirdest thing. And then, but then like... It just kind of is just just kind of the thing over there. It's, mm-hmm. it's like you're not supposed to be like ta da, like in America, everyone. So they, so they everywhere must, is supposed to be that way. Do they think Americans are super show offy? I probably, um, yeah, because they don't really. It, it seems like not as much of a part of who they are. Like America, like every single person, seemingly is like, look at me. I mean, like yeah. I'm. That's our whole you know, culture. I mean, yeah, me posting pictures of my fucking dog and whatever. <laughs> and, you know, I don't know. But yeah, our whole culture is all about like, but I could relate to it though because I'm from Cleveland and I feel like Cleveland is oh, totally like that. Interesting. So when he told me about this law of Yanta, and this is all, every, for the listener, everything I'm mentioning is on Wikipedia. I have not mentioned anything that you can't look up. Law of Yanta, J-A-N-T-E. And, um, and I, I became fascinated with it. And I was reading about it so much because I was like, this is Cleveland totally, uh, you know, because Cleveland's very much like that, like mm-hmm. Midwestern, like, you know, Cleveland. Modest. Like, well, like anybody like in Cleveland, like when there'd be like a band that was kind of like getting popular and like maybe getting more popular outside of Cleveland, people were like, cool, cool. And then when they get to a certain point, everyone's like, fuck you. Like that happened with Nine Inch Nails because that, whoa, did I just sound- did I unplug myself? Oh, I'm back. Is it work? Oh, there we yeah, go. Yeah, that might have just been your headphones. Yeah. For the listener, Sorry, you've, for the you've listener, been there the whole time. I'm hammered. Um, <laughs> no, but like Nine Inch Nails started in Cleveland. Everyone was like, cool. Like, what local band is doing well. And then when, I, when Nine Inch Nails is like, oh, wait, they're like a big band. Everyone's like, oh, fuck them. <laughs> uh, you know, like my friend's 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 cousin like went 
to dinner with Trent and he wasn't nice. <laughs> you know, whatever. <laughs> Shit like that. That's kind of Cleveland. And um, even though I love Cleveland, but the whole thing. And then there's all this like, where is it? In in, in the Philippines, it's called crab, crab bucket syndrome. Yeah, like with a crab that tries to get out, gets dragged back oh, in. Oh, yes, that I've heard about. And then, but then the question becomes like, is the crab being pulled back down or is he letting is he letting himself be dragged back down mm. messes with your head now is that the fact that that's the question on the wikipedia page um or is that they your do ex- mention that oh. yeah you know that's not an original thought or may, where somewhere in my research on crab bucket syndrome that, that they did say that like that's like well that that becomes the real question mm. are we doing it to ourselves right but um so you have a fascination with exceptionalism or lack thereof yes. or something. I mean, it could be argued. The social dynamics of. Yeah. I mean, it could be argued. You know, hearing myself talk about it, it's like, well, there's a chance that things weren't really going as well as you thought, Dave. <laughs> and that's why no one... No one... But I, it's, I feel like I rarely... I wasn't will thinking be like, that, actually. But I'm, you know, I've, I feel like I will rarely be like, oh, I did well. Like, I don't think that... Our, often it would be rare for me to say it i think so but i swear that night i was like i think that went pretty well but then afterwards i was like well, it didn't seem like it according to these guys but <laughs> um i don't know but and also the bigger thing is everyone is gorgeous in denmark and norway mm-hmm. not so much sweden really because you no, think of sweden as a beautiful place a beautiful a people place it's a lie what do they look like they're fine but the, here's the thing. I've done this uh, endless Wikipedia. Uh-huh. No, but this is talking to the people that live there and stuff. But um, first of all, everyone hates Sweden in in Scandinavian Nordic countries. Why? It's like, fuck Sweden. I had no idea. I don't know. They just don't like them. Okay. Well, every in Scandinavia, every Scandinavian country thinks they're the best and the other ones suck. But mm-hmm. it seems like... Seems like it's true. Everyone hates Sweden. Well, Sweden's great, but what li- my limited experience with it. But the difference is, the the in Denmark and in Norway, they the Vikings like Sweden is much like the, their tourism's like hey Vikings, but they didn't. Their Vikings, if they even had them, didn't do the raping and pillaging and plundering mm. and other negative things. Um, and that's bad that they didn't. Well, they don't have Viking cred. No, the way it's hurt them all these years later <laughs> is the raping and pill raping horrible, obviously. But you know, in doing this, the Vikings of Norway and Denmark would go to all the countries around Europe and be like, "You're the hottest girl in town. Come back with us." And then they would oh. come back to the countries and then have babies. And eventually, over hundreds of years, everyone's very attractive because mm-hmm. they recruited hot women and then yeah. raped them. Yeah, I mean the 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 way they went about it horrible, but the result <laughs> the result all these years later is you know not to be denied. Um, I'm not recommending it. I'm so it's not kind of like repeat. really early eugenics. Yeah, basically, it's like a breeding program. Yeah, but you go. I swear, like those two countries, like everyone's just like very striking. Are you going there to go on a sex tour? It could turn into that. No, no, I'm I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm just gonna go do some shows, have fun. But you wouldn't turn away sex if it happened. I imagine, unless you're in a relationship. I don't know. I am. I am. Oh, so 
Guess you uh, will be turning away the sex. Yeah, you know, and you know, unless I've had a drink or or two. I don't know. <laughs> no, no, no. I will. I'll be a gen. I'll be. Yeah, I'm just gonna go do my shows and hang out with dudes. How long have That's you been it. spoken for? It depends how you look at it, you know. That's a whole... I don't want to go into that. No one wants to know that. They very much do want to know mm. that. I don't want to talk about it. Well, look at you trying to keep your private life private, but talking about your suits. Well, that's, you know, those will all be out on the street. The suits. <laughs> I mean, I'll be out on the street eventually, you know, when I get dumped or whatever. But, um... Is that where is that where the uh, desire to not talk about it comes from? That thing of like, you don't want to jinx it? No, I don't know. Are you trying to keep your mystique? No, I don't know. I just think it's like, who cares? It's, I, I care. I don't know. Your friend Allison. Okay. She cares. Jeff cares. His hand right, just Jeff went up. All right, Jeff cares. All right, if Jeff, if both of you care. It's two people. We care. Yeah. No, I don't know. You know. We just want to know how long you've been together. How did you meet? How's it going? Okay. Well, we've known each other for a very long time. Um, and we met at a show. And I feel like it's going well. <laughs> See? Was that so hard? No, no. I mean, I didn't give you that much, but... I I know. All right. Well, once again, Dave Hill, I haven't really interviewed you, so let's just quickly let's get a get few things it. out of the way, and then we can I know, do... and I feel like I've... You know, what have I talked about? Depression. Norway. Norway, clothes. Poppies and puppies. Poppies and puppies. The big topics. Yeah, I mean, the, you've hit all today, the... the... All the hot-button topics. Right, right. And I've just... I feel... <laughs> I don't know. I feel this way most of the time when I'm hearing myself talk. I'm like, God, I would punch that guy in the face. Hmm. Well, you know, the good thing about... I'm jet lagged, though, so maybe I'm being hard on myself. I think you're being hard on yourself, A. And B, if people aren't liking it, they'll definitely let you know. They will. They'll blog about it or they'll They'll tweet tweet, about it. They'll tweet at me. I'm still stuck on... See, I want want to... The question I'm going to ask here, let this sit in the back of your head while we ask the other one. Okay. What was your childhood like? That's what I want to ask. But more importantly, I want to know the fact that you flew all the way out here for a meeting. I'm just so curious about that because I won't even wake up early for a meeting. Um, This must have been one hell of a meeting. Yeah, I guess so. I think it was. Um, Yeah, no, it was uh, normally not what I would do, but it was like... I wanted to meet in person and I was just out here and I was I was like, well, when am I coming out here next? Mm. Is this like, like a, a can you say anything away. about what the meeting is for or about? It's pretty embryonic. Mm. Um, so, you know, it could never go anywhere. Out right. Or but it's just this thing I've been working on oh, with my friend. In the realm of television? Yes, in the realm of television. Okay. Um, and so, uh, and we've been trying to figure out, you know, what to do with it. So finally someone was like, I know what to do with it. Oh, well, that's great. So uh, I was like, well, all right, let's talk about it. Plus, like, I don't know. Do you find this, like, I agree with you. It's totally uh, 
uh, normally, yeah. I'm if someone's like, oh, that's on, in the East Village. I'm like, well, guess you're not going to be seeing me. <laughs> like that's cross town. I'm totally like that. Um, but, uh, but I don't know. I feel like phones and stuff. Like any like a conference call or something. Like Ugh. I've never had a conference call that ended like. Like wow, Dave. Because I was like, you were really great on that conference call. Like, I'm conference calls. I'm, I've never ha- been on one where I wasn't like, I should just hang up right now, and mm-hmm. not even say I'm hanging up. Yeah, and no one's gonna notice. Even a, even if it's really not even a conference call, me talking to one other person, <laughs> I feel that way. <laughs> <laughs> I um, the thing is, I go to these meetings. Even mm-hmm. though I feel like why I'm, this is going to be a waste of time often. There are certain meetings, it sounds like the one that you went to, there are certain meetings that are really good and are worth it. The ones that yeah. I don't necessarily, the ones where I feel like this is a pain and a waste of time are the ones that are like the meetings to discuss more meetings. The yeah. ones where it's like, whatever it is we have to discuss, we could definitely be doing this on the phone. Not even a conference call, just a phone call. The ones where it's like, come in and let's discuss future discussions of things right i'm like but you're so far away and i don't know what level of makeup to put on for this meeting (laughs) yeah and i feel like i need to get all dolled up because you never know and we're just gonna sit there and talk about future talkings yeah yeah i'm with you this town is built on empty meetings right i think and yet you have to do them yeah that's showbiz but i think we were just like well if we're going to do anything with this thing, if it's going to get to a point where we're going to do something, like we're going to have to come out. Is the other person... Oh, did you come out with the person? Yeah, my friend Carl. We uh, we do this. I can tell you what it's... Well, no, I shouldn't tell you. I'll, t- I'll tell you okay. when we're done. Perfect. I don't want someone to hear it and be like, oh my gosh, I'm going to do that instead. Of yeah, him. no, you don't, want, you don't <laughs> want them to. Now, Carl, I know the name Carl. Does he, is he a musician it's a very as well? Name. You know, but I feel like I know your Carl. I don't know him. Uh, I know of he, him. He, yeah, he's a musician. He's uh, Carl Arnheider. Do you mm-hmm. know him? I guess not. He's a New York guy. What does he do besides? Uh, he's a writer and uh, and uh, performer and stuff. All right. You know what I loved of yours, which Tell me. I may have complimented you on it the last no i just listened to the show and i don't think i mentioned it um your law and order parody oh with david three, rakoff yes yeah that Thank was you. what was it called it was like 311 311 like i can't remember what was it called it's like law and order i don't remember what it was called it was hilarious because in new york 311 is the the number you call to c- complain about something on the city level. It's useless. Yes. It is so, yeah. But it's like if the garbage isn't picked up, you can call 311 or if. Yeah. So, so the premise was you guys are like these grizzled law and order type people, but you can only deal with real low level municipal stuff. Yeah. So you're yeah. like ignoring crimes and, and it was, <laughs> I'm not doing it justice. Everyone should go find it. Oh, this yeah, thing that we don't YouTube. know the, the name of. <laughs> That was fun. Yeah, David and I did a lot of videos together. I think that was the last one that we did. Not to be, you know, morose. Morose, but he was when that one. He was sick. He was already yeah. sick. When so did he died in when he died in two thousand twelve. That um, was awful. in August. Yeah, and um, uh, yeah, that was the last video we did together. He was already getting 
treatment for his cancer. And it was like most of it. I mean, we did a bunch of videos together over the years and and most of them were like super improvised because we were just having fun and goofing around. And that one, like we we didn't have that much time to shoot. I think it came out pretty well considering. Mm -hmm. But it was just like he was like, you know, in cancer treatment at the time. So it was like he was like lying down. Lung cancer? No, he had uh, like a sarcoma. It's really awful. He got, he had like Hodgkin's when he was like 22 and the radiation from that caused, you know, 20 some years later caused this, this cancer in his arm and, you know, which for the longest time he thought it was a pinched nerve and Mm -hmm. then eventually they figured out it was cancer and. Ugh. Sucked. I remember him talking about the fact that, um, I think it was on Daily Show that he, or Colbert that he was talking about it, that there were no studies that anywhere that could prove that your attitude affected, uh, you know, how you dealt with cancer. Because in the, you know, there's so many people who are like, you just have to have a good attitude about it, yeah. which I think is very hard for people who have cancer because when you get a diagnosis, there's no way that you don't go through a depression and have an adjustment. And right. so to ha- to pile on this idea that not only am I dealing with my potential mortality, but my negative attitude might actually be making it worse. Yeah, like you're not doing cancer right. Shame right, on you. Right. So yeah. I thought what he what he said was yeah, helpful he, for people. He, yeah, and he wrote about it in his in his well, his second last book, Half Empty. Well, yeah, yeah. he talks about his like you know the. The woman who goes to chemo and Manola Blahnik shoes or whatever, and like you know, talking about that whole thing. But it's true, you know. Like, I, you know, I, I'm not really. Oh, I'm definitely not qualified to speak on this because I haven't had cancer. But I've certainly known everyone's known plenty of people who have and who have survived it or been killed by you know. But it is one of those things. Yeah, it's like, you know, you may have have had the best attitude and you were still killed by it mm-hmm. and uh if you weren't you didn't like you know it's not a contest or right. like there's different kinds of cancer some kill people some don't and uh the people that aren't killed by it are, are lucky mm-hmm. so, so what, i don't know i don't know what my point is well that's okay you might get i might get some tweets if i didn't say that right yeah uh what was your childhood like and do you have siblings? Um, I yeah, I have three sisters and I have a brother. And um I think it was pretty good, you know. I don't uh I think I was pretty lucky, you know. I my mom's dead, but my dad's alive, but you know, I liked you know, I, I love all of them and you know, I'm friends with all of everybody and uh and I know no other I know no other way, you know. So, uh but it wasn't I wouldn't say it was like you know, super sunny and all that all the time you know i think you know not to keep going with like my mental problems or whatever but you know they were they were certainly evident throughout my childhood you know like looking back on it like Mm -hmm. the kind of crazy anxiety and stuff that i had that i thought was not anxiety i thought it was all real things and i was like oh wow i wish like phobias and things yeah just fuck waste waste of time crazy things you know that that would like i would just get like upset you know 
I mean, I had OCD, which isn't really like a problem for me now, but it was for a time, you know, but at, you know, you don't think I used to think that it was just like, oh, this is totally normal, which mm-hmm. is kind of like what, you know, mental illness, whatever level it is, like you kind of just think it's normal. You think nothing's wrong. You're like, no, I'm, that is the right thing to do is to <laughs> run into the basement 40 times before I leave. I didn't do that. I'm just using that yeah. as an example. What kind of things did you do? I was just, you know, I'd go through phases like, uh, you know, just thinking like uh, to be always afraid of diseases and things like that was like a big one for, with me for a while. And um, and I don't know. I've, now it's not really a problem. I think I have like an obsessive personality, mm. um, which which can be good for, I think, creatively because you right. can sometimes just be like so focused yeah till you know sometimes it's bad but um but i don't know i think in general you know i grew up in the suburbs of cleveland like never really wanted for anything what we weren't like fancy rich kids i mean i I think i had nothing to compare it to because i went to school with kids that were pretty wealthy Mm -hmm. so i thought we thought we were poor because i had nothing to compare it to i was like well wait a minute like this fan like we don't belong to a country club like <laughs> i i thought we were like the scrappy family you know who di- who just were barely holding it together <laughs> because like oh i take you know i was you know i did you I only have one gr- tennis racket oh i would take group tennis lessons i don't have like individual instruction like <laughs> we have a really hard you know <laughs> it's just stupid shit like that and um but no it's like always it was fine. What um, are your sisters and brother older, younger? I have two older sisters and an older brother and a younger sister, and they live. Not that you're asking, but I'll tell you. Please. I have a sister in Cleveland, a brother in New Haven, sister in Boston, sister in Philly. I think that's everybody, right? Wow, you guys all stayed on that side of the country. Yeah, everyone has lived in New York except for one sister has always lived in Cleveland. But everyone's kind of passed through New York at some point and sort of scattered along the eastern seaboard, if anyone gotcha. calls it that. Sure. I, I the always, Amtrak line. I <laughs> like any reference. I like the eastern seaboard. I like the tri-state area. I like any sort of yeah. east coast regional reference, even though I never know exactly what it refers to. Where did you grow up? Uh, Orange County, California. Oh, okay. So you're you're the real deal. Worlds apart. Well, like I'm the same way. Like, gr- like growing up in Cleveland, like I always thought New York. I mean, well, like a lot of people do. I was always like, well, New York is that's the place. Mm-hmm. And like I had cousins that lived on Long Island and had like Long Island accents, and I was like, well, they talk cooler than us, and they had like <laughs> horrible. Long Island yeah, accents. Yeah, for people who... I feel like everyone knows, but for people who don't know, Long Island accents definitely aren't cooler than however you spoke. Yeah, well, uh, I spoke like this. Oh. Well, the accent anyway. Right, so you had no higher accent. pitched at the time. Um, Isn't yeah, the a... Midwestern accent. It's the flat accent. I don't hear it in you, though. Well, there can be more... I have the newscaster accent, which is which not, is no not accent. an accent. Yeah. But like some people... In, you know, Cleveland in that area, like, they say certain words, like, a little, you can hear. I don't think I do it. Like how? Like, there's something, like, the hard A, which I can't even... Is it similar to, like, a Chicago accent? 
A little maybe. Like it, if I go to Cleveland, I hear people talk. I can be like, well, you're from over. You're riffraff. You're trouble. You know? <laughs> um, and when you were little, what did you want to be when you grew up? Um, I think always, uh, for the most part, I just wanted to rock out, you know. Did you start playing guitar young? Not really. I mean, like 13. I started like uh, playing. My dad had a guitar and I started like noodling around with that. But um, yeah, I always just wanted to do that, I think, because it was the only, uh, you know, I had brief things where I wanted to be like a pro hockey player because I love that's like the only sport I've ever been that I like. Mm -hmm. I watch it all the time now. And, you know, I played it until you know, on and off, I still play it, but I played it like into like my sophomore year in college. I was like really into that, but I knew that I was like, well, I don't think I'm going to make the NHL, (laughs) but I always liked rocking out and like, it's weird, like comedy. I never understood what, um, I never really understood like it was a job, you know, and like something you could do. So I never really thought about it. And like, and I was just so naive. I think like a lot of people like, like Letterman, who's like one of my heroes, you know, when I'd see that as a kid, I would be like, well, he must have been the funniest kid in his grade school. And one of the guys he went to school with runs that net TV <laughs> station. And that's how he has that show. <laughs> that's what I thought was like the mechanics of how you have a late night talk show. <laughs> and ar- arguably, it kind of is. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but, um, but so I didn't, I never really thought like that. I, like, I was kind of like, there's a lot of comedians and stuff that I admired growing up. And I was like, but my thing was like, oh, these guys are kind of like me and my friends. They're silly. But I never understood how you made a job of that. But like rocking out, I always I was like, yeah, that guy's rocking out. I'm going to rock out. So, but I still, I mean, like in a way, like I kind of haven't really changed at all in terms of, you know, what, I liked as a kid and what I like now, I do all the exact same things. I don't think I would have predicted, you know, being able to do the variety of things or, you know, it was before the internet and things like that. What did your parents do? My dad was a lawyer and my mom ran Cleveland's number one temp agency. What was it called? Snyder Blake. Her, her maiden name was Blake and her best friend's name was Snyder. And they formed is really like, and this goes not to anything we're talking about, but you know, she, she, she and her friend formed this company like when they were like twenty three, which at the time was like like two twenty three year old women forming their own business. It's ballsy. Yeah, and like she went to her dad and said, "Give us, give me five hundred dollars so I can start this temp agency," <laughs> and he was like, "Fuck you." And so she went to her, all, her his brother and got the money, and they started this company, all by way of saying, um, you know. So my that your parents, grandfather was not generous. He was not generous. No, <laughs> he was a nice guy, as I recall. But um, you know, my my parents both worked, and I I I I guess I my, so I guess my I and growing up as I just always have thought like it was as women as being strong i guess i'm you know i'm very a, a feminist from the get-go mm-hmm. is what i'm trying to say because i've always just been like yeah like yeah my mom kicks ass and has this company and that's you know what and i always saw my parents as equals it was never like 
you know, and he wasn't like, you know, my dad was the boss or anything mm-hmm. like that. So, um, I don't know what my point is. That's okay. Just saying like, I, I'm a feminist from, you know. From the get-go. From the get-go. Right. So, when now, now whenever people talk about it, I'm like, hey, I had this sorted out a long time ago. Yeah. <laughs> it must be so boring for you boring. to listen to Boring. I was like, people. I figured this out when I was five. Do you know Lena Dunham? You know everyone in New York. I don't know her. Oh. I think I met her. I did a show with her, but I don't even know if I was introduced to her. I don't know her. If you run into her, tell her I would like to get her on this show. Okay. I can. I mean, I feel like I probably have ways of getting in touch with her that, that like would be more direct do. than asking you if you run into her. But I just feel like you're at the center of it all, Dave. Hill. I'm the center. If, if, if I can't get Lena Dunham on this show, it can't be done. That's No. <laughs> I mean, I know people that know her, but... Uh, she should do your show. Why Why shouldn't she do your show? I see no reason for her What's not the pro- to. I, I don't know. I've like never we're... asked her. For some reason, she... Lena Dunham at Gmail. I'm guessing. I, think I don't you, know. You're probably no right. It, she, you're it, probably right. It, it probably is, though, you know? Because, like, why wouldn't it be? If it happens to be, Lena, no one say that it came from this show. Lena Dunham won. Right. Try that and just keep going. Yeah. Um. You know, I don't know. No, I don't. I, I don't know her, though. Who else do you want? Oh, I've got a whole list. I can, uh, let's go down the list. Who's I'll, on our list, Jeff? I'll, I'll tell We've you. We've got Rob Lowe. Done. Courtney Love. Done. Carrie Brownstein. Don't know. I don't know any of these people that you've mentioned. I know who, who they let's... are. I've met Rob Lowe. Okay. And Courtney Love follows me on Twitter, so I feel like that means we're friends and I can get her on this show. Definitely. Because that's the world that we live in. Oh, I know who I meant to put on the list. You might know her. Nico Case. I do know her. Oh, yeah. I can give you her email address. Excellent. Okay, I'm going to write that down because the but other you day... you didn't get it from me. No, I know. There's no public and record And I didn't just say that. I didn't hear it. The other day, I was like, fuck, there was someone I wanted to add to my list of people that I would like to get on this show. And then I thought I should have written it down because I forgot. Thankfully, I remembered. It was Nico Case. That's who I was going to say. She's very nice. She seems... Yes, I actually, I did interview her once on the phone a long time ago. Mm-hmm. Today, I interviewed a television star for who? Bon Appetit. I, I can't say. Can't I say. can tell you when you tell me whatever well, you you're going to tell me. you wrote for Bon Right, for Bon Appetit. I know Adam Rappaport. He's there the you editor, go. right? I believe so. The boss man. I don't him. actually have anything to do with him, but I do know that name. I do too. You would think the way I throw it around, I would know what his title is there, but I don't. Well, you'd think I'd know based on. <laughs> I think you're right. I think he's the editor in chief. He's the boss, I think. Yeah, whatever. But anyway, yeah. I was interviewing a star of the small screen and also the big screen, or soon to be the big screen, probably also the big screen. Uh, and the conversation started with him saying, Oh, hey, I was just listening to the criminal podcast. Do you know this podcast? And then he went on at length about this podcast he's listening to. And I did not stop him and say anything to the effect of, you know, I'm not just someone who interviews people for Bon Appetit. I also have a podcast. You should come on sometime. And I thought, wow, what restraint I have. I must hate success. Uh, Well, I I was just trying to be respectful of my role. I well, I think that I was going to say like I think it's fine that you mentioned that, but I think you were you're just a professional, yeah, and you didn't want to muddy the waters. I didn't. So, but it's always tempting because, yeah, I think that's I think I'm just I'm just being professional because I talk to a lot of people for Bon Appetit 
all of whom would love, I would love to have on the podcast, but I would yeah. feel like a worm if I tried to pick them off that way. That's why I, ha- I have to go the more direct way of asking you to mention it to people. <laughs> I'm happy to. Perfect. I will, I will give you the... I'll Open up your Rolodex. Go right through, right down the line. Thanks, Dave Hill. Um, now, when did you start doing comedy? I think uh, I can tell you. December 23rd. I think of it as this date, December 23rd, 2004. So rough, just slightly longer than 10 years ago. Um, I did a show, Tony Carnavali and Sean Taylor had a show called, I I don't know why I can't think of the name of the show, Variety Underground at uh, Parkside Lounge. Mm -hmm. And that's when I started, to me, in my mind. Right. How'd it go? It went well enough. I mean, like, I had I had started like writing for television and stuff, and um, and I so I was writing. I was writing on some stuff at VH1 with Tony, and he's like, "I do this show. You should come do something." So I just read something, uh, like from my journals or whatever, and it went fine, and uh, and then so they're like, "Come back." So I was like, "All right." I mean, it's sort of an accidental. I didn't really plan to become like a comedian, like a performer. But I did that, and then they were like, come back. And then, you know, someone else at that show, I think Chris Schneider, had a show called Ash Wednesday the next night. And he's like, you want to do that show? And I was like, okay. And now I'm a millionaire. (laughs) 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 No, so I just kept doing it. and uh, But no, I didn't, I didn't like uh, plan to, I didn't. I wasn't like, I'm going to do this. It's kind of sort of like an accident. Mm-hmm. Um, what were you writing for for VH1? I was, the, I think at the time, I wrote on a few things there, but I think it was like 100 best anal scenes or something. No, I don't <laughs> I don't know why I said that. But uh, 100 something or another. Some kind of clip show, I don't know yeah. why I took the low road. Yeah. They wouldn't do that show. Really? Yeah. I, just, I think I'm jet lagged. I'm not thinking. It's okay. Like a gentleman. It's all right. I've made references to anal sex a lot lately on my show. I don't know why. It's it's one of those things. It's a go-to. Yeah. I don't know. It's like 100 best, you know, dance. One-hit wonders. Yeah, something like that. I just remembered one of my favorite tweets of yours, and I'm going to mess it up, but let's see if I can recount it. It was something like, because I've said it before, you... And Chelsea Peretti are my favorite people on Twitter. If I'm oh, ever so in nice. well, a Chelsea's not... Chelsea's hilarious. And you're hilarious. If I'm, never, if I'm ever in a not great mood, I just go and I just read your tweets. And it makes me happier. Oh, thank you. For real. That's so nice to hear. Because I, f- I feel like I'm just kind of like pissing in the wind in no. life half the time. And especially on Twitter. I was thinking about that today. Because like, it's just like... There's a lot of tweets out there. Yeah, there are. It's it's impossible <laughs> to keep up. It's a lot of a lot of tweets. So it was something like, "There's a lot of pillows in this hotel room. That's how I know I'm in a fan." See, I'm messing it up. It was better than this. It's like yeah, lot, that's how I know I'm done. A- I'm, I'm sure it was better than this. <laughs> no, that's how I know I'm in a fancy hotel room or the storage closet of a shitty one. That sound didn't even sound like me. Really. Pretty Maybe sure it was, it was you. Really? Maybe it wasn't you. I don't know. How terrible that doesn't it wasn't. sound familiar, but um, 
Oh God, it could. There's but uh, but I other, don't know. I mean, there's you know, it could have been. There's one other guy it could have been who's also funny on Twitter, but but not at Dave Hill level. Yeah, I mean, you got to come up with a better example. Oh no, I can't remember. I'm fairly certain. Would you have you know you don't recall ever tweeting about the number of pillows in a hotel room? I could have. You know, you're in hotels. Yeah, I'm in hotels. Yeah, I'll and that find sounds it. If there's a lot of pillows, then it would have been a boutique hotel, which in turn means I did not book it myself. Mm-hmm. Because um, when I book hotels, I stay in shitholes. Yeah. See, I used to be the kind of person who my faves were very finely curated. Mm-hmm. And I would be able to look at my faves now and find the exact tweet I'm talking about. However, now I'm just like a fave whore. So I'll fave a whole bunch of shit. So now I can't find way. it. But if I scroll back to the beginning, uh, you know, this is going to be a real... Let's see. Let's just... You well, know I what? Can, Let's I'm, just see I'll if we can find it. Later. it. I can track it down. I'll do a search. Dave Hill plus pillows. See what comes up. Just back to the beginning just to see. Um, but while I do that, let's get ready to do just me or every. Oh, no, no. First, let's find out. Where'd you go to college? Fordham University. And what'd you major in? American Studies. Perfect. Now let's do just me or everyone. Okay, yeah, we nailed it. Sometimes I ponder on something I have thought or done. Is it just me? Everyone. I love say, that. That I love that. And your th- is it the same guy that does it is both? Tom Rapp? Yeah, he's wonderful. Solid. Gotta Catchy. Say, gotta say they stick with with you. They do. I'm boy. Am I regretting having faved so many tweets because I just all all I want is the pillow tweet. God damn it! We'll find it. We'll find it's it. It's out there somewhere. All right, Bryant Rich says. If a shower has bad water pressure, I turn up the temperature to try to compensate. Yeah, you have to. You need something to get you through. Wait, so I'm supposed to say... If a shower has... Oh, yeah, you say whether you also do this or not. Uh, I think what I... I kind of run at the... I try to, you know, make up for the lack of pressure by... By throw you know, it, throwing yourself thro- against the stream. Throwing myself against the stream, yeah. All right. But you don't turn up the um, temperature to just to feel something. Yes, uh, <laughs> maybe I do. You'd know. I don't know. Yeah, I feel like I would know. All right, Marv Earthling says, "Just me or everyone? Have a separate email for things that might send a ton of spam. Uh, example: store or website memberships. You know, I did that." But I never, ever check it, so I pretty much just use my regular email. Yeah. I just signed up for a grocery store delivery yesterday. Ooh. Uh, yeah, for the first time I had You're groceries. You're a grown woman. I, it's, it's sort of like New York when your groceries get delivered, but I, I never do it out here. Uh, and I thought, you know, I'm going to try this, and I did it, and I signed up using my regular email, and I thought, I'm going to get a 1,000 yeah. emails from them now. But I know that if I use my other lesser email account, I will never check never it. never see it. Yeah, and I might have an important email from... The grocery store. Yeah. <laughs> Sale on artichokes. Exactly. Uh, Google. Oh, I would. I, yeah, do you so, do this? Yeah, well, I have an AOL address and a Gmail address. Mm-hmm. And uh, at first, I don't know why people, everyone, and years ago, I'm way behind, but I don't think you can't. It's all the same, isn't it? I mean, like, I will say it like other, like, Gmail is a better whatever platform or something. Um, 
But I still, and I actually know a lot of people who still have AOL. A lot of, specifically in comedy. Yeah. A ton of people still have AOL. Yeah, like a lot of very well-known comedians have, like, it's like a thing. I, like, I know a lot of comedians who have AOL. I'm kind of mad that I allowed myself to be shamed off of it. Because my friend who is, like, an IT guy was like, I can't let you have an AOL account anymore. I'm like, fine, I'll use Gmail. Because he told me that everyone would be judging me because Hotmail, I mock that. I do mock that. So if I get a Hotmail, I'm like, come on, get it together. But uh, I, I have AOL still, and uh, I kind of use that, yeah, for signing up for uh, stuff like the groceries and That's whatnot. Yeah, I have Hotmail, but I don't ever check it. I have so many Sephora coupons in there probably. Yeah, waiting. Yeah. All right, so I scrolled so, through yeah, my favorites. Yeah, yeah. And uh, the last favorite that it's showing is from November of 2014. Does it not save all your favorites, or is this I don't just know. this of the favorite app? of something mine? Or no, just like I'm looking favorite. in my faves oh. to find your your tweet. I don't I'm not know. Finding it. This sounds like a glitch. Something glitchy is happening. Giggle Fritz says, "Find myself sending encouraging messages to others on my bad days." Well, that's very sweet. Is that like a sort of when you're feeling ungrateful, think of things you're being thankful for? Or is it just that she, her brain goes towards encouragement when she needs encouragement? That's what I'm wondering. She sounds like a nice person. Yeah, we Better approve of you. Yes, yeah, I guess so. I don't, I don't know that I, I do that. I just try to just, if, I, if it's going bad, badly for me, I want it to go even worse for everybody else. Right. No. Um, I like that idea. I don't know if I do that or not. I probably do, I guess. I'd like to think I do. If not, I'm going to... Excuse me. I'm going to start. Yeah, me too. Cat's Meow 5 says, I love to live tweet the host and guest while listening to their podcast. But you know that, that it's delayed. Yeah. I mean, unless it's a radio show like yours. Yeah, you could live tweet it. Wait, so... He likes to live tweet the host and guest while listening to their podcast, meaning tweet at them while listening. Oh, oh. Like when he listens to this, he might be tweeting at you. Yeah. Um, I've never thought to do that. I'm, I might start that. Maybe you should start. I yeah. haven't either. Pine Dagger says, just me or everyone, I hate when after picking up some food and bringing it back to the office, some coworker says, ooh, what did you get me? Yeah, I'm with you. Yeah. That's grounds for stabbing. <laughs> That's what, yeah. Yeah. Though, you know, it's not funny the first 50 times, but the 51st time. There's a little something special that happens, yeah. Metal Album Book says, I always save my bacon grease like my mom used to, but never use it for anything. I don't make bacon or save grease or use it for anything. My mom used to save grease all the time, and I never understood why. Yeah, my parents have a grease can. Is it saving it or... I think it's that it can't go down the garbage disposal because it'll mess things up and it smells in the trash. So they're just saving it to throw it out when the garbage comes. That's right. Yeah. That's why. Do your parents also have trash in the freezer? Because my parents have like, like a, if my dad cooks a chicken or something, they'll put the carcass in a bag in the freezer because it'll smell if it's in the trash. And the skunks will get it. Yes, exactly. They live in an area where there's raccoons and stuff. Oh, Yeah. No, but I think that's probably a wise move. I think so. 
Uh, Chick Pilot says, or Chic Pilot, I'm too cheap to buy an arm strap, so I tuck my phone into my sports bra while I work out. I would probably do that. I just hold my phone while, I, I, while I work out, which is constantly. Right. You're working constantly. out right now. I'm working. I'm, I've, I've been working my abs this whole time. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I would probably, if, if I wore a bra, which I will, if I don't get back to working out. No, um, I don't know why I said that wasn't style. I, I probably would, yeah. Mm. I'd probably just tuck it in my bra. I don't like uh, when people get too sporty with their, you know, like when they have too much gear. Yes. Like, yeah, that's I, kind of douchey. Yeah, like I go to the store by my house that's like running specialty stuff. Mm-hmm. And I just buy the shoes and then they're always trying to get me to buy like other cool stuff that I might wear. Like sweatbands or yeah, what is any, cool these days? Like just tight stuff. <laughs> like to first of all, I don't wear shorts ever. Got it. So they want to sell you shorts to run in, but good luck. <laughs> it's not going to happen. Dh. Uh huh. I just you know it's not so. They're, but they're always like, try these. This is better. It's better socks. <laughs> I I wear yeah I, I go running in whatever socks I have on at the time. Wow. I won't even like look for an athletic pair if I'm not wearing them. Mm-hmm. And just a, a lot of rules. Do you ever under the guise of non rules? Right. A lot of rules. Right. Do you ever wish you were wearing shorts though? Nope. Really. I wear them uh, on the rare occasion when I go in a body of water. Mm. I will wear shorts. But that would be the only time. It's not rock and roll. You're right. You know who else doesn't wear shorts? Who? Cool dudes. No, uh, <laughs> Todd Berry. Oh, yeah. I could see him not wearing shorts. He and shorts. I have talked about this. And uh, we don't, neither one of us, you'll never see either one of us in a pair of shorts. What are, what are his reasons? I think the same ones. I don't know if he phrased it that way, but I think I said it's not it's- rock and roll. And he was like, yeah, that's basically it. Yeah. Because it's, it's not it like that much more comfortable, you know? It's not like, oh my gosh. Like, I have a. It's not really. Yeah. You know, in the entire time I've been married to my husband, I don't think I've ever seen him wear shorts either. And I. Stick with him. <laughs> I think, I, I, think I will. I liked him. I met him out front. I liked yeah. him right away. I was like, good one, this guy. Mm-hmm. Could you tell that he doesn't wear shorts? Yeah. Well, it was obvious. I've never even given it. A thought till right now that I've never seen him in shorts. I'm going to have to discuss that with him next yeah. time we talk. I mean, that said, it's fine to wear shorts, but just calm down about it. Like New York, the you don't do you know when the the weather breaks? And oh then yeah, the guy like, when it's like 60 and everyone's in their tank tops. And yeah, their and, shorts. and everyone knows it's going to be 45 or 35 the next day, and it's some weird thing. And like some guys like flip-flops and cargo short whatever and like yeah. just like oh, punch him in the taint it's like that short story all summer in a day or the day the sun came out by ray bradbury do you know what i'm talking about no but i believe you okay yeah it's uh I believe it was ray bradbury it's either called all summer in a day or the day the sun came out i think the short story is all summer in a day and they made a televised version called the day the sun came out and everyone is living on Venus, I think. And the sun only comes out oh. once every seven years. And there's a girl there. I think her father's an astronaut or something. There's a girl there from earth 
And she's really, I mean, everyone's having a hard time adjusting to the lack of sun, but she's really having a hard time. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm trying to figure out whether it t- it's a short story. I could tell you what happens, except that you know there's going to be someone who's like, no spoilers, no spoilers. Yeah. I, I, you know what? Everyone go look it up. It's on Wikipedia. Yeah. That's wherever it's, if it's not, it's, you don't need to know it. Right. If it's not, it, it didn't happen. Yeah. In fact, I have to say, I'm 99% engaged in this and there's 1% of me that's like, oh shit. What if it wasn't you that tweeted that funny thing? Because there's one other person that it could be who I also appreciate his tweets, but he's no Dave Hill. I mean, based on that tweet, I would say, no, he's not. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the Um, last time you were on... But maybe maybe it was something to that effect. Maybe I said something. I mean, it... Along I'm sorry. I just want to apologize if it wasn't you. It's okay. It's not like my. It's not my most favorite of all your tweets. No, it's just I mean, up like there. I've beaten that for sure. Yeah. No offense to if it's not mine. <laughs> no offense to the guy because I've you know. Right. I definitely, arguably, I mean, there's plenty of people that say every tweet I've ever tweeted has been horrible. I think they're wrong. Oh, I think they're wrong too. They but I be do. More wrong. I do understand that that those people are out there. Yeah. And um. You know, because I, I, I don't know. Not for everybody, I guess. Do you have a favorite tweet of yours? I realize it's kind of self-congratulatory. I but... do, actually. Oh, but it's not one that was really popular or anything. I just thought... Uh... No, you know... Yeah, there's, there's two that I like, and they're very similar, actually. And like, but then you say it, and then people like they're not funny, really, on like a obvious way, but in a very subtle way that I find entertaining. Well, I'll laugh about them later tonight. Okay, but they're very similar. Okay, I'm and ready. They're for... similar on the surface, but they actually are not similar at all. All right. Um, one was most of the reggae. Well, so I don't know. I think it was like most of, most of my reggae. Tan songs are about pussy <laughs> or something about maybe the the ones that I write or something, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is not funny. I don't even I know think why funny. I think it's funny, but I, I think, think it's, it's funny. funny. It was not popular by any stretch, mm-hmm. but I remain proud of it. I'm and, laughing. Um, another one I said is my reggae band sounded like shit in practice today. Also, there's nothing funny about it on this. Like, I couldn't point to you what's funny, about uh-huh. it, but there's something that tickles me about it. And I stand by it. Well. Not funny. I wouldn't say it no, on it's stage. Fu- you know why I think it's funny? And I realize to attempt to break, da- break this down is something that only an idiot would do. And I'm going to do it anyway. Here's why I think it's funny. It's just the idea of actually earnestly talking about your reggae band on Twitter and the fact that it sounded like shit in practice. Yeah. I think there's something think funny about right. that. It's and then sweet I, and guileless. And then, and this is horrible. I, <laughs> it's making me laugh. I, I hate myself for saying this, but Michael McKeon favorited that one. And I thought like, I was like, see, like he gets it. Yeah. But it, the, is he getting what I'm getting about it? I Which think is so. The, I mean, and, and then it's it, like, the, you're, it's, it's a, in, on Twitter, you're being a character. Yeah. I think he, yeah. I think you were both getting the same thing. Right. And, um. But it's one of those things. I was like, it's not like I tweeted and was like, "That's great." But uh, but I think it's it's kind of like when you're like, "There's some ingredient in my uh, food. I don't know, can't put my finger on it, but it gives it a little zing." Right. 
It's a little just dash that of little humor. Ingre- yeah. <laughs> not a lot of humor. No. Just, just a, a tiny a a hint of it where you're not even sure if there's humor. Mm-hmm. That's always the best kind. But think about it. If you said again, again, I'm destroying it. Here I go. Are we back to the pillows one? No. If you said my jazz band sounded like shit in practice, it wouldn't be funny. Nothing funny about that. Right. It's the reggae of it all. Yeah. Plus the other stuff. It's the reggae plus the other stuff. Yeah. It's a, it's all subtleties. Yeah. It's a, all right. Yeah, not particularly funny, but. I also, here's another one that I like of yours. You like when people call you boss because then it makes you feel like you can't get fired from the imaginary job you work at together. Oh, I said that? Yes. Are you, you're, that you're doubting. Familiar. No, that okay. one I feel like I had something. Yeah. I like that. But um, it wasn't my favorite of yours. Though. No, it's like yeah, these aren't uh, the Hall of Fame tweets, and <laughs> not my most. I would rem- I kind of remember like the ones that have been popular, and those they were like, not. We're not talking about any ones that have been popular. What What's your most popular tweet? I think honestly, um, and I don't keep track of this. It's just that sometimes, like, there's some that I did, like you know. A few years ago that someone will retweet mm-hmm. i think why is someone retweeting something from a few years ago and then you look and you're like oh this has been retweeted like a bazillion times or whatever. right and um there's a couple like that one of them was like i can't remember the wording of it but it was something to the effect of like why do all bands everyone in the band have a beard why not just start with the drummer and if you still sound like shit and beards as needed. <laughs> that was the gist of it. That one seemed was quite popular. Um and then there is one uh, <laughs> dance dance like only a few people are watching and they've paid good money to see it and also you really need the money. <laughs> that was very popular. The both of those people keep like uh but I, you know, I don't think you know they're fine. Mm-hmm. I don't know. People, people, I don't their know. Taste. All right. I think when I think it's funny, it's always a sign of like uh, the people aren't going to like that. So but the Michael McKean will. Yeah, if he likes it, I was you know, someone like there's some things that keep me going, and the fact that he favorited that tweet <laughs> that keeps me going. Anytime Dick Cavett says something nice about me or to me or something, that is all I need in life. Mm-hmm. That's what keeps me going. Cats Meow 5 says, I'm afraid to bring up the topic of beauty, weight, or age around women, even though it might be a good discussion. Yeah, I can see. I can see. I mean, I'm not afraid to I do that, so. but yeah, I can I see that. I was just talking about this. Not the weight or age thing. I could see. Yeah, that makes sense. I wouldn't bring up any of those things. Right. But do you, and this is, a, I'm, I'm going, these are dangerous waters, I think. These are hot. These are just, but, um. <laughs> <laughs> can we really prove <laughs> no um like i think there's a thing with with women like in our in our culture like you have to uh, like we always have to say like every oh she's beautiful she's absolutely beautiful and like we have to say it about any public figure any mm-hmm. celebrity we have to be like she is gorgeous yeah and um i think it's okay to be like uh, no they're not Oh, and like, cause men, you don't go like every man is, oh, he's so handsome. 
oh, but he is a handsome man. Like, right. No, like I don't, I'm not, I'm just, like when I, if I, on the rare occasion when I get asked to audition for anything, uh, the description is always like a, a schlubby <laughs> average looking guy. And it's like, yeah, that's about right. That's kind of where I land yeah. in the, uh, the Darwinist, uh, Darwinism of, you know, beauty or whatever, handsomeness. Well, or- it's interesting because a casting breakdown for a not super attractive woman, it wouldn't be like a radiant, beautiful woman. <laughs> no, who's, but you know, a little overweight and the best friend or something. It's interesting. You're right. There is that thing of like, we must describe all women as beautiful. And I'm not sure it's a bad thing though. It's just well, a kind I, of bullshit. I think it is. You do. I think it is because like it it's it makes it. It makes it be like, well, this has to be the quality we have to, you know, we have to, all women have right. this quality. It it's like, well, actually they have necessary. a fuckload of other qualities. Like, you know, like, well, she was a fucking bat, but uh, like, wow, funny and very smart. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I would rather hear that than be like, she's like gorgeous. Like any anytime like a, a, like a female friend is like. Like, oh, my friend Anne is so beautiful. I don't understand why she doesn't have a boyfriend. And my first thought is always like, well, I bet my ass she's not beautiful. Like, <laughs> like, in like on a surface level. But anytime a woman goes like, oh my gosh, you know, guys love her, but I don't get it. And now it's like, I get it. She's smoking hot. <laughs> like, <laughs> there's always like this thing. But, but I, this is why I think like you shouldn't have to be like, everyone's beautiful. It's like some people are gorgeous and like everyone in the world is beautiful on in one way or another and like it could be argued like that people aren't like conventionally beautiful or beautiful but like you can be like no and like she's kind of like eh. i think it's okay it's to not acknowledge that someone's not super beautiful no you don't have to do that i don't think you should do that either but i'm saying you don't have to be like oh she's beautiful when everyone is like I don't think so. Oh, I <laughs> you know? see. Yeah. Like there's people like that. Um, but we, the, you always have to do this for some reason. I don't know why. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying you should shit on people. I don't, but I'm just saying like, you don't have to say everyone's beautiful. Right. Right. It's not true. It's that's true that it's not true. Now this, the, di- the thing where the woman is like, I don't get why every guy likes her. And you're saying, well, it's because she's smoking hot. Do you agree with this? Absolutely. Anytime. No, and when you hear a woman say that, that's code for like, the first thing I'm thinking, like, I got to see what, I just, I'm curious because I bet she's gorgeous. Yeah, you never, you never disagree. You see the girl and you go like, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Guys love her, but I don't see it. It's like, but mm. that. If every guy in the room is crazy about a girl, you know why. It's, yeah. It's the biggie on the eye chart. Yeah, but. Uh, you know, you like. I like that the biggie on the uh, that. It's exactly right. But but then you know, that said, like I'm attracted to women for all sorts of reasons. That was, I think, in the same kind of like to to bring up Dick Cavett again, which I like to do. Um, there's, a, you know, you can get the DVDs of a lot of his best episodes, and there's this episode with Raquel Welch and Janis Joplin, and it's like. Raquel Welch at the peak of her powers and uh, Janis Joplin less than a year before she died. Mm. And on the face of it, you were like, well, 
I'm going to go Raquel Welch on that one. But you watch it, by the end of it, you're like, I would go with Janis Joplin without question because she's so smart and so funny and just compelling. And Raquel Welch, by comparison, comes off as just kind of vapid. Mm -hmm. Gorgeous, but like uninteresting. What I was going to say is there can be women that other women don't see it. And I believe Sassy Magazine a retro magazine at this point, like a vintage magazine, just like your suits, uh, refer to it as the whistle that only the dog can hear. Like yeah. there are certain women that other women don't see it, but every guy likes them. So there's, there is something really smoking hot about them, but women don't see it. There's probably, there's this, I think there's probably the inverse as well, which is like you, well, many men claim they can't even tell if men are attractive or not, but there could be a I guy. I mean, to that, a point, like, yeah. I mean, I can go like, if a guy's like super conventionally good looking, I'd be like, yeah, of course. But then when you get into, you know, a 10, I'll spot a 10 man <laughs> any day. But, you know, when you get into the sixes and sevens, that's when I, yeah, I, just, well, I don't know. Right. So wait, how did you meet Dick Cavett? Stalking. Same as Joe Franklin? I met him actually through Joe Franklin, sort of, um, because I stalked Joe Franklin and then he mentioned interviewing Dick Cavett. And then I was like, I would like to interview Dick Cavett. And then, so that's how I met him. I, but he was like, call this person and blah, blah, blah. And you guys are friends, right? Yeah. We hang out. Do you really? Yeah. That's cool. What's he like? The best guy in the world. Smart, he's uh, one of the smartest people I know or have ever met. And... uh hilarious and uh a national treasure mm -hmm. and we need we need more of him there will never be another one no there should be well dave hill it's been delightful having you back on my show thanks for having me i hope i did a, i hope i podcasted okay you were good if it turns out that tweet wasn't yours though this episode will never air have to be i can't deleted. yeah i can't let the public see me that way well you could have like a a, a an epilogue or whatever we'd be like Hey, check out this guy, the guy who it is. The other guy, And be yeah. like, for more where that came from. <laughs> right. <laughs> Actually, that's that guy. Yeah. It might be, though. It might be me, though. Like I said, um, and I know three hours difference is not, I feel like it's not, you can't really be like, oh, I'm jet lagged. Mm -hmm. But I feel like I might be a little jet lagged and like kind of spacey. Now I really feel like it was the other guy, though, and I what a what a humongous faux pas this has been. No, it could have been. I mean, I don't know. At, I we'll mean, find out. Someone many, will get to the bottom how of many this. If if you could compose and post a similar tweet before you leave, that'd be that great. Would clear that it would, all up. I'm happy to do that. And then you could delete the part where you said that. Yes, and then cover your tracks. Yeah, and then then Just you like can even be like, you know what. I looked, and Dave actually tweeted it that day. <laughs> that, like, <laughs> he really was jet-lagged. Yeah, he didn't remember that. Um, now I'm curious who this other guy... Maybe it was me, because I don't even want to think of how many tweets I've tweeted, but it's a lot. It's a sad amount. I, I have tweeted a lot, too. But we all have. I mean, yeah. not everybody, but like... The important ones. The, yeah. It's a, but what's going to happen, though? Like, how long is this going to go on? Twitter? Yeah. Forever. It'll out it'll outlast us. I really 
I like it in many ways. I mean, I, I, I think it's great in, in many, many ways. And I think Facebook is horrible in almost every way. Mm-hmm. Um, but that said, like, I hope, uh, I hope we can just get back to simpler times. Maybe we will. We won't, though. I don't think we will. I think this is the way it is. I think that kids won't even know what simpler times are. No. This is simple to them. And it's true, though. I remember uh, David... Do you know David Carr? Or did you know David? He yeah, was a little bit, yeah. people that just died. Yeah. Um, another great guy. Yeah. Not to keep death and cancer, but... I know. Uh, but he was an awesome dude. And uh, I remember he was... Uh, talking somewhere about just the fact that when he was saying he's like twitter's never gonna go away and here's why it's basically like the way that like it's where you find shit out first yes um and when he was saying it i was like gosh if david's saying it, you know i have to say it's probably true yeah i think it really is um gonna be here forever yeah but then the big then what happens when we die though will our accounts be like updated no well can we give them to will there come a time and be like oh grandma allison's dead here's her twitter password it's yours billy yeah not to jump that far into the future right well i mean i I like that i don't want to i have grandkids in this scenario Yeah. well you said you were trying to have a kid yeah and you have a lot i was successful billy you know yeah he's a handful right and so then he would would he tweet as me or he would just, that's know. the question. Yeah. That. He may wear your clothes. He may assume your identity. We don't wow. know what's going to happen in the future. No, but I think that's, I think there's a good chance that that will happen. You will assume your grandmother's identity in the future. But, or will, but will like, you know, like I would assume that your Twitter account will be the, the most powerful Twitter account in your bloodline. I Unless would hope. there's someone I don't know about who's. Doubtful, very doubtful. Yeah, no. I think I'm my only fan. I am my only family member on Twitter. See, you're except for my husband. Yeah. So, will they be like, well, we can't let this many followers go away? Yeah, they need updates. Right. She's gone, but her tweets will live on. Right. I like like that classic uh, tweet from this goes back to December 2009. Mm Hmm. And it'll just be like, hey, you guys, new episode of my show with Dave Hill. <laughs> yeah. Or will it be like the the Ventures or the Four Freshmen where they pass it on to like new people to take oh, it over, but technically yeah. it's the same brand? Yeah. Oh, right. Sure. I hope not. Well, when the clone and we're getting into whole, this whole wormhole, what's going to happen is none of us can even wrap our heads around it. I certainly can't. But if you're going to buy something on Amazon, click through the banner on my website, AllisonRosen.com. I know that it was a comfortable and natural segue. It was. That's that's your going back to your professionalism. Another example. Thank you. I keep messing this up. I keep saying click through the banner on my website. No, maybe I'm saying it right. I'm saying click through the banner, and then I say AllisonRosen.com. What I mean to say is click through the Amazon banner. At AllisonRosen.com. Right. If you're going to buy something on Amazon, which you actually have everything, it doesn't cost you anything extra, but it helps out the show immensely. Thank yeah. you all for your Amazon support. Thank you also for your PayPal support. There's PayPal links on the right side of my website at AllisonRosen.com. And people can just donate money. 
They can donate. They can subscribe. That's they can so do cool. whatever. Yeah. And thank you guys so much for all of your PayPal support. We have a ringtone available. Hey, 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 go fuck yourself. You can get that by searching oh, Hey, Go wow. Fuck Yourself on your iPhone in the iTunes store. We have two special bonus episodes available recorded live at the LA Podcast Festival. First one with Doug Benson and Greg Proops. Next one with Doug Benson, musician Matt Costa, and the former Thursday Gang. Those are $1.99 in the comedy album section of the iTunes store. Just search Allison Rosen uh, in iTunes to get those. And follow me on Twitter at Allison Rosen. Follow the show's Twitter feed at A-R-I-Y-N-B-F. Email us, A-R-I-Y-N-B-F-Show at gmail.com. If you're wondering how to listen, well, you know how to listen to the show if you're listening. But if you're wondering the best way to listen, if you use iTunes, I would recommend iTunes. I know that for a while I was like, you can get my podcast everywhere. But I think the best place to listen for me from, from where I'm sitting, the best place would be iTunes. But hey, if you need to use all those other places, go for it. That works as well. Um, I just appreciate you guys listening and telling all your friends and such. Dave Hill, tell them where to find you and plug the stuff you'd like to plug. Oh, thank you. I have a website uh, at DaveHillOnline.com. I'm on Twitter at Mr. Dave Hill, at Mr. Dave Hill. And then... Uh, yeah, if you do those two things, those would be good. And then I have the goddamn Dave Hill Show Mondays on WFMU. Go to WFMU.org, which is probably the easiest way, unless you live in New York or New Jersey. Bam. Perfect. And Jeff, tell people where to find you. I'm on all social medias at Colonel Jeff Fox. That's a good handle. Thanks. All right. Thank you again so much for doing the show. Thanks for having me. Listeners, thank you for listening. I love you. Goodbye. Hey, do you know about the Allison Rosen Show? 